What's occurring, Bat? What's occurring? Presented by Zwift. How are you doing? Good, mate. Good. Why your your hair's out of control? Isn't it? I've just realised, yeah, and I need a shave and everything. So yeah, you started November early. Yeah, I'm a bit of a bum at the minute, but off season's hit you hard, eh? Yeah, full time dad though. I've been yeah full on. He's broken me to be honest. It's yeah. hard work. Oh, my back's killing me. How's but, your uh, how's your pelvis now? It's all right. It's a lot better, actually. Um, the first initial sort of 10 days was pretty uncomfortable, uh, but that was mainly because I was just walking too much. Like, I was just doing too much with Max. And like, so I was, my attitude was just like, oh, you know, season over, do everything with him and just, you know, enjoy that time. But, yeah, I wasn't really using my crutch a lot and I was uh, just walking a bit too much. So all the muscles and stuff were super tight. You know, you start ending up pulling things in other directions and all this and that. So I saw uh, physio, team physio a few times and yeah, he sort of told me just rest a bit more. And, but it's a lot better now. So a couple more weeks off the bike and then uh, back into it. But Will you start back on the, on the turbo or straight to the road? Uh, well, it'll be November time. Depends where I am, but... Uh, Probably ends up hitting Zwift quite a bit, especially with the power bad power. weather and stuff. And yeah, it depends on restrictions as well. It looks like, oh, just, I'm just looking forward to getting this year out of the way now. It's just mad, isn't it? Like, you know, all this second wave stuff. And um, yeah, see how it goes. But yeah, I'm definitely going to have a bit of Zwift time, I think, this, uh, this winter. Yeah, it might be when you first get back with your pelvis now. If you go straight back to the road, will the vibrations not? Yeah, to be fair, actually, um, I haven't spoke too much about it, but yeah, from what they've said, I'll be on turbo to start with. So, okay, yeah, mince around on Watopia for a bit if anyone wants to join me, but in a couple of weeks' time. But um, I don't. Know, the thing is, though, I find it quite hard in my head at the minute to think like get back into winter training because it feels like all I've done so far this year is train. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like my season was just about getting going, and then yeah, three days into it, I'm, I'm on my ass. On my pelvis, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, mate. That was, um, oh, I was gutted for you there, to be honest. Like, you know, that whole if you even if you rewind it further, like before the tour training camp, then there's a bit of change around you. Were like, right, I'm going for the Giro, done some races, and then more and more training, and then bam, over. It's just, yeah, it's brutal. This sport at times, isn't it? It's brutal. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, the way that it was just over. You know, if the GC for me had been over, but I was still able to race, it would have been different. You know, I could have stayed in the race, you know, gone for stages with the boys, still been in the team, helped them out and whatever. And you kind of like, it's not as bad then, but it's just the fact it's just over. Boom, that's it, go home. Um, and that's when it hits you as well, you know, when like we've all like not finished races. Mm. But, um, you know, because I'd committed to it, like you say, you know, especially after uh, what race, uh, Dauphiné, when I sat down with Dave and we made that decision. And yeah. from that, from the morning after that, I had um, a daily plan of what I had to eat. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, any snacks are in there. And I didn't deviate from it once. And uh, so fully committed to that, you know, and it was super, super on it for that. But, and then to be in, that, in good shape and just not get to show anyone, not get to like even, you know, it was the first mountain stage, stage three. 
it wasn't like, you know, at least if it would be in stage 10 and, you know, I'd sort of been able to show how I was going. But yeah, like or, said, or, the other the way. or if it was stage 10, you shit out and you, you were out of the GC, like at least just that unknown again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that was a frustrating thing. I said that it, I did, um, obviously the race went really well for the team, you know, seven stages, won the race, um, which is just crazy really. And, uh, I did an interview, it was in the Telegraph today, and I was just honest. I said, like, you know, I was gutted I wasn't there. I couldn't watch the race because by watching it, it was just like... Salt in the wound. Yeah, it's like, you know when you've got a mate and he splits up with his long-term girlfriend, and then every time you go out with him, you go to the bar and she's there with his, her, new, her new fellow or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he just doesn't need to see it, does he? Like, yeah. he knows she's got, he's, she's got a fellow, but... It's worse when he sees he sees them together. It's a bit like that watching the Giro, you know. So yeah, I was still speaking to Swifty and the boys and 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 following it. But I just wasn't sat down watching it for three hours. And uh, and I after did that interview. Actually, it was a bit like, oh shit, am I going to get a load of shit now? Like you can read it and it can sound like I'm bitter or something, or you know. And I started to get a bit of abuse on Twitter, and I was just like, oh. What am I even doing reading this for? So I'll stop reading it. Because you can go down a right rabbit hole then, can't you? Yeah. Um, but it did anger me, though. <laughs> I saw a couple of comments. And I was just like, oh, you are a bunch of tools. Like, hey, Twitter you know, is a hellhole. Oh, mate. An absolute I, hellhole. I you know what? Go on, Sorry. go on. I was going to say, like, I always say I don't read the stuff. And... Nine times out of ten, I don't. But every now and again, you have a weak moment, you have a little read, and then you're like, oh, my God, why have I read this? And I was, if I didn't have a fractured pelvis, I would have been on the on Zwift at 10 o'clock last night just smashing it because I was just like, oh, you're you're an ass, You're a yeah. complete ass. But it's always going to happen. As Steve Peters always said, I don't know if I've said it before, but 20% of the population are going to hate you whatever you do. Yeah. Whatever you do, they'll think like, you know, if you do something for charity, oh, you're only doing that to look good. Or, you know, and 20% will love you, whatever you do, and the, the middle 60 will make up their minds. And that's what you just got to remember. So, like on Twitter, there's always going to be people writing shit about you. So, the same people would probably ask you for a picture or an autograph at a race. Just hype yeah, it. Yeah. So, I did this tweet, right? And I got battered. So, I don't know if you've seen it when the when the r- r- riders, um, like I don't know if they protested or whatever, but they shortened that stage nineteen and it was two hundred and sixty k pissing yeah. in the rain. So I tweeted like, "Good job by the riders." And my point was is more so that the riders come together and do something, whether they should or they shouldn't. I wasn't there. I don't know. But my point was like, finally, there's a bit of a riders' union and there's a bit of a bit coming of together. So yeah. whether, it did it, whether it was justified or not, I don't know. But my point was like, at least we've got a voice now, mate. Absolutely destroyed. Really? Well, oh, what were they saying? Um, oh, you've clearly never had a real job. And in this current climate, if they can't be bothered to ride their bikes, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that 20% of knobheads you were talking about before who just, yeah, like have a bit of compassion for these guys. Like, first of all, 260k flat stage on stage 19 it shouldn't be done anymore there, there should be a limit like 200k in a grand tour like I mean, why do you need the same to do length as, 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 as 
that's longer than any monument bar San Remo. Like, yes. longer than Flanders and Roubaix is stupid. Um, yeah, I got battered, but water off a duck's back, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was trying to think then of what some of the people said to me. Oh, a lot of people talking about Teo being the new uh, leader in the team now and the new generation and all the old guys. And uh, oh, just the talk about age cracks me now. It's just like, you know, before Egan won the tour, everyone would have laughed if you said 22 or 21, whatever he was, you're yeah. all coming the tour. Then he went and did it. And then the very next year, well, this year, Pogacar did it, 21. And like suddenly that's okay, that's normal. But if a 38-year-old or a 40-year-old wins a Grand Tour, phew, nah, no chance. What are you on about you? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people just so like, oh, just, just pipe down, just like race the race. Who cares how old anyone is, you know? It's just a bike race. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm but, trying to find, uh, I'm trying to find, there was one like really funny tweet. I'm trying to find it. Um, yeah, I just got a, Pretty, pretty well abused by this guy. One dude had so much, so many negative responses. Luke, the history of cycling was forged in epic and fighting. Those riders will always be remembered. You, in the history of cycling and sport, are an antidote, an insignificant antidote. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should all ride on steel bikes with down tube shifters and like tires around our necks. Like they yeah, used to. yeah, yeah. But I think what people forget as well is what a lot of the riders were pissed off about, I understand, is the, the transfers as well. And that's something that no fan or spectator or anyone apart from the small few who are in that bubble understand. Like, okay, they had to ride 260K, but they also had to get up at 6am. Like, or well, the bus is left yeah. at 6.30 that morning. So they had to get up 5.45. And then exactly. at the end of the day, they're going to, do a transfer, get back, have dinner, have massage, and be in bed 11 o'clock. People just don't... Yeah, anyway, anyway. Yeah, you know what they'll say, though? Oh, yeah, but I do 12-hour shifts, and i got to leave at this time and get back late, and I don't see my family and stuff. It's just different, isn't it? You just can't compare... Like, it's professional sport at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, there's no point in even, like... Yeah, talking about it too much, because one last point, though. Someone wrote to me. I don't know if they were trying to be funny or not, but um, I was Get in a bit of like... It, Get stuck into it. Come on. <laughs> no, I was just in a bit of that... Some fucking anger. Really. Yeah, come on. So on. I almost tweeted him back as well. Oh, he only said something like, uh, yeah, you should crash out more often or something. Because the team had done really well. Oh, okay. And, like, and was just like... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you helped a lot with that, though, didn't you? Or some, some like, snarky comments like that. I was just like, oh, you bunch of absolute pricks. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just what it is, isn't it? Stay off it. 20%. That's one, that's one good reason. Um, well, not reason. That's one good thing why I'm glad the cycling isn't as big as something like football or rugby. Could you imagine, like, the amount of tools tweeting you crap like that would just increase tenfold again. And even more so, that percentage of tools would roll over into everyday life as well, which is quite scary. We get it online. I never get it in the street, you know? Whereas, yeah. wait, huh. that's a bad game. Go on, you yeah. got it in the street, didn't you? 
Yeah, I was in the park with Max actually a couple of days after crashing out. Some guy comes up to me. All right, get on. Oh, how you doing? How's the how's the how's the hip? Oh yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Cheers, yeah, whatever. Um, you know what? You need to crash less, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right then. So, ah, oh, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I knew it was something. Oh, cheers, mate. I'll remember that now. Thanks. I'm pushing myself on the swing now. Fuck off. <laughs> but oh, it's just like you know he he didn't mean any harm by it, but it's just like oh mate, like really like yeah. But that's yeah. Anyway, the actual race. Yeah, Teo Gagan Hart. I mean, we'll talk about the whole team, but Teo like unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, like solid, composed, took on the leadership role. Just. Like I still, I still can't quite get my head around it now. When you say Teo's won the Giro, it's mental. But yeah. I don't think there's many people or any people who have got a bad word to say about him as a person. He's given time and time again. He's given everything he's got towards supporting the team. He's one of them. Like you know, in terms of if you say right, you've got a ride here. This is your role. He's the type of guy who will give hundred percent to that role, even if it's you know, riding on the front from kilometer zero in a, in a small race or trying to pull on a final climb in a big race, whatever it is, you know, he, he's a guy who gives 100%. He's one of the backbones of that kind of high mountain domestique in, in years past. And then suddenly, bam, he's won a Grand Tour. Awesome. Yeah. Insane. I think, you know, especially after Total Land when, um, you know, Dave told him, oh, you haven't made the Tour team. You know, you're going to do the Giro at the time help Carapaz and it turned into helping me you know if imagine if you had told him then oh yeah don't worry mate you'll end up winning the Giro if yeah. you, even if you told him in Sicily like you know the morning of the bloody stage I crashed he'd just laugh in your face wouldn't he so it's, I mean, it's crazy how things work out if, if, if this is like Leicester winning the league no disrespect to Teo but it's it's that much of a of a shock, really, and and I say like I say that in the nicest way possible. But at the start of the Tour de France, like nobody looked at the first time trial and said, "Where's the GC guys? Where's Tail?" On the first yeah. mountain stage where where you crashed out, Etna, nobody said, "Where's Tail?" Like, okay, you could say if he had an amazing performance, amazing amazing performance, and he finished top ten. I mean, I'm just being realistic. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, the kid, but. You know, it's it's a shock performance, and it just shows what you know. Just it sums up the year, doesn't it? Basically, like, yeah. So much, so much has happened, and just yeah. If if you just worked hard, and you can take your chances, and who knows what's down the road, you know? Yeah. What about like that Hindley dude, like yeah. No offense to him, but I'd never heard of him till stage the seventeen of the Giro no. this year. No, no, no. It's I was like, who's Jay Hindley? It's no offence, it's just, I mean, it's a shock result to see, like before everyone was talking about yourself, Yates, Jakob and Nibali. I mean, that was the four big guys and, you know, you crashed and the others were nowhere near. Yeah, yes, Kroizman, obviously. Kroizman, yeah. Yeah. So, especially like Vogelsang, like he had a good year, like, and then nothing, but... He's never really done much in a Grand Tour anyway, has he? So he's more of a one-day sort of guy. Yeah, one day, one week. Yeah. But, and then moving but, on from Teo, just the whole team wasn't a man who didn't step up. 
like Swifty. Okay, yeah. he, he was one who didn't win a stage, but how many breaks was he in? Like, yeah, a second even on the stage. Swifty was, did you say second or fourth? He was second on a day, wasn't he? Yeah. Then, and then obviously four, four Castro was second, Puccio was second. And then uh, Johnny won a stage. Yeah. Ghana um, won four. Ghana won four. <laughs> Dennis four did like what he did in the climbs. Dennis, man, wow. And and to pump up our team's tires here. I'm not talk badly about another team, but this is the way it is. Like, look what you get out of a guy when he's happy. Like all years, like straight away and down under. And he's been criticized time and time again. Like, we know he's fucking loose, but if you get his head in the right way and he's happy, like straight away and down under, he was happy. Yeah. And look, look what you can get out of him. Like, that's, that's how good he is. Then, then yeah. last mountain days were just incredible. When, when I heard <laughs> that he rode the Stelvio and then it was only like him and Teo left, maybe Hindley, like, that, it, it's just bonkers, isn't it? Just yeah. the race itself is just bonkers. Yeah. Like, oh, after the uh, to be fair, I was they did well to finish that. I I thought after that first rest day when, you know, Jumbo and Mitchelton went home, I was like, there's no way this is gonna finish, surely. Yeah. Like it's do you know why it's crazy? Like that you don't want to baffle on about COVID because any podcast, any news, anywhere you see it's all COVID, COVID, COVID. But you see the state and the, the, the crisis level that Spain have, you know, implied. Mm. And they're like maximum, you know, lockdown and things are closing. And then they've got a grand tour just rocking around the country. It's mad. Mad, isn't it? It's mad. Yeah. At least football and stuff or stuff in stadiums, you know, they can do it. They can stay in a bubble and it's like closed stadiums. You know, they go to one hotel. That's it. Yeah, no... So- yeah, it just goes around everywhere, doesn't it? We've got to be one of few sports that's still currently, you know, it, it is open to the public. Like, they, yeah. they, 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 we try and stop the crowds if you turn the TV on, it's, pub, it's public there. We've got to be one in few sports globally that's continuing with public. Yeah, it has to be. has to be. Crazy. Right. Um, any yeah. other teams? Any other riders or teams, like, that stand out from the Giro? Like... Uh. I think we just smashed it, basically, didn't we? Demar, that's the only other one. I thought they were impressive. Demar. I mean, their whole lead-out train, the way they went around things, like he was, in terms of the sprinters, you know, they were at one level and he was on another level. Like, even if he was out of position, if it wasn't perfect, if it was, you know, a few climbs in the end, mm. if it come down to the last couple of K and he was there, he could even still win. What other good sprinters were there? Gaviria before he went home. Um, Alia. Uh, Sargon. Yeah. That's another one. Sargon. He won it, you know. He finally got his win, didn't he? Long time coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bloody... It's mad that. It's mad that though, isn't it? Like, you get, he starts getting, like, bad headlines because he hasn't won a race for, like, 12 months or something. He's won 114 races in his career. <laughs> More pros retire having not won a race than having won a race. And he's 114. Yeah. It's mad. Um, so, oh, no. Do you know what? As a, from a cycling fan viewpoint, it's good to see him winning a race. Um, 
I think he's, you know, he carries the sport in a lot of ways, doesn't he? Over, and he has done over the years. He's been the character. He's been the the poster boy for the sport. Without saying, yeah. you know, that's the way it is. And uh, yeah, Apart from the stage though, because that's the one stage I watched. And that's the in the break. Yeah, yeah. And Ghana was there, but I, because I tweeted. I didn't tweet it, but I'd wrote, written it saying, oh, come on, Swifty, hope you, you know, win or whatever. And I deleted it because I was like, as soon, if I post that, I'm going to get a load of shit because Ghana's in the break as well. And they'd be like, oh, well, what about him? He's such a bad, you know. <laughs> this podcast today has been mainly slagging off people on Twitter. <laughs> Listen, you know you are. Get a life. Go, I don't know, go for dinner or something. Go buy my new book. Mountains Calling to G out this week. Have you got a new book? Tell us all about it, mate. Just about mountains, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, just about mountains that have ri- ridden and raced up and trained and whatever and just a bit, bit reminiscing, really. Not always good memories, some bad. Um, mountains all over the world, you know. Wollonga's in there. There's uh, Mountain in there. Sorry? There's Caffili Mountain in there. No, but the Regosses and Tumble. Philly Mountain should have been in there. Wow, I'm saving it for book two, home. It's got six sides to it. Epic. Mountains 2.0. Keep an eye out for that one. Oh, okay. Featuring Philly Mountain. Yeah, exactly. So what does the rest of the, uh, what does the, rest of the off-season hold for you then, mate? Dad life and lockdown? Pretty much, yeah. Just uh, enjoying family time. It was SARS 30th. The weekend just gone, so at least I made that. Yeah. Um, Heavy one? Oh, yeah, it was three or four day bender, really. Good lad. Late nights, early mornings with the with Max. But, um, yeah, just enjoy being, being at home, being with the family, and then uh, just get cracking into, into um, off-season training again. Like, that's one thing this year, though, that's certainly done is giving me motivation for next year again already like I know I can still do it and like I know my numbers can still be good and I can get to the right weight so I'm still keen to keep going and uh, yeah fly the flag for the old generation because all the everyone's talking about the, these new <laughs> these new little pricks and put them in their place next year you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no yeah <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about you yeah, oh, I don't know. Try and help you put these pricks in their place, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't long finished. Um, so yeah, I've had about a week off or so now. So yeah, going to pick up a camper van tomorrow. Um, with all these COVID restrictions, got to be careful where you go. So nice. I'm uh, just going to go to a quiet campsite, pull up next to a lake an empty field hitch up and yeah have a few days in the campsite gypsy style um and oh, then just, yeah mega so just to, just there's nowhere really you can go now on a holiday so we kind of scrapped that so the next best thing was yeah get a camper go away for a week and just me kath the little fella young three and uh yeah keep ourselves to ourselves and then, yeah, like you say, probably start December, get back on the old pushy. We won't have a camp, I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, like we normally, December in Mallorca, aren't we? I think that's going to be, that's pretty much scrapped. 
Um, what was, when did you hear that last? Because I was told it's, it's probably going to happen now. When? That was, oh, really? That was a few weeks ago, though, so I don't know if that's changed again. Yeah, I was told last week, I think. Oh, yeah. that's all right. By Rocky yeah. Balboa. So I think, um, yeah, that, that remains up in the air, doesn't it? But I think, you know, December training camps are looking, you know, wherever you go, hard to, hard to get riders and yeah. staff, 100 people from all around, the, literally all around the world in one place. You'll cause more harm than good when, you know, when they all go back home, you have to quarantine and all that crap. So, Especially Spain. Yeah, especially Spain. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a pickle there, isn't it? So, yeah, just get back into it and, you know, what I, what I start with next year, you know. But mm. How about your last few races anyway? You've been in Belgium, haven't you? Yeah, I've been in Belgium. Um, Taylor two after it. I think I went for uh, Brackens. So, I've done four races in the end. I did Brackens Appeal um, and Wevelgem, which were both both really good. Uh, Brackens Appeal. Mm. Road for Quiato, I think he was he was top ten, you know, and had a solid race. Wevelgum, it was, you know, full gas crosswinds, split quite early, and then I was in the front in the end. Who I really won Wevelgum? Wevelgum was won by uh, Mads Pedersen. It was, uh, it was fifteen yeah. in the front in the end, and I was in the fifteen, and they were all jumping around. And to be honest, I just messed it up. Went, you know, when you go with one move, comes back, yeah. and one goes, and that one sticks. So. I was I was twelfth there, um, and then the final two races, Flanders and Depana, um it just it just all went really wrong. Flanders, I uh, yeah, I broke both my wheels, I had to change them, and then I had a tumble, had a crash before Quaramount second time, and that was game over. So that was pretty disappointing. And yeah. then Depana, pretty much the same story. It was it was splitting the crosswinds from kilometer zero. And it was um, similar, not as strong, but similar to how strong the winds were in that Gevelgum, uh, Gevelgum, Ghent, Wevelgum. When you yeah. were on the road, it was like gusts of 80. And uh, it was split at the start. Oh. It was, there was around 50 of us left and it was, it was about to go again. And I, and I punctured, got a spare wheel and turned around the corner and that was it, gone. So uh, that was a 200k race I did. 55k of it probably last race of the year so that was the final two races were pretty disappointing actually just uh through two mechanicals and i know it's the classics everyone has mechanicals and little crashes and stuff but they just come at bad times timing of them yeah so that was that was a bit of a shit last two races but Wevelgum and brapton's peel was all right but yeah the last race to pano was crazy there was the wind was strong man like (laughs) and when you're in you know, after that puncture, I was in like, there was probably 20 echelons, riders everywhere, you know, and I was probably in the 10th and you just see some carnage back there, like riders oh. in ditches, people getting blown off the road. You're passing riders who just cut up from crashes. I suppose that happened then. You know, and that like in windy conditions like that, like you think, like you were saying about the riders sticking together, like, that's dangerous. Yeah, it was pretty on the limit. I think, I think t- to be who, fair, it's Belgium. It's Belgium. Belgium is normal. Eh? To be fair, I think the crashes happened because just the racing was um, aggressive. Right. Okay. Not so much like the wind was very on the limit, but I think the 
the, yeah, the wind was on 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 the okay side. Yeah. So then we'll 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 leave it there. We we left it go a while this time, didn't we? But you were you were battered and bruised. I was back and forth to Belgium. We meant to do one sooner, but never got around to it. But we'll um, yeah. we'll knock another one out in a couple of weeks. See how the off season's been. Yeah, sounds maybe just do a Q and A or something. People send us a load of questions, and then it makes it be easier then when we don't have much to talk about. Well, there's still the Volta happening. You never know if that finishes. Oh yeah, Richie's mate. Richie's in red jersey, man. Got yeah. That. Yes. Yes. So one week. Richie's last race. Yeah. So there's that to be excited about as well. Whether it makes it to Madrid or not, I don't know. But we'll do a Madrid. No, uh, Vuelta wrap up. So one quick question. Go on. I don't know if it's that quick, but what happens if it is cut? If the if the race is cancelled, is there a point where they're like whoever's in the lead is the winner, or do they has to finish to have a winner? Do you know what? That's one thing at the start of the tour that we were we were pushing for an answer to that question. So there was a lot of uncertainty in Nice, wasn't there? And we said, "Can you tell us how many stages we have to do?" for a jersey to be awarded. Like, if it's cancelled after a day, you're not going to say, okay, everyone's the first stage of the Tour de France champion. Yeah. But they wouldn't give us an answer. The, the race organisers, UCI, whatever, they wouldn't give us an answer. So I think... So it can't be anything in the rules then? No, it must not be a rule book or make it up as they go along, don't they? Yeah. Add some socks and see what happens. Yeah, don't worry, as long as they got your sock out right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, happy days. Yeah. All right then, mate. You enjoy the rest of your off-season and we'll catch up with you soon, eh? You too. Enjoy that wine. It looks nice. It's not wine, mate. It's um, cherry liqueur. Oh. So if I've been a bit slurring my words, that's why. Yeah. It's not you crazy strong. We drink it neat. Nice. You wouldn't be drinking that in a pub, pub in Cardiff, would you? <laughs> Do you know what? I got, a bo- I got a bottle of it for a gift, and it's been sat on my shelf for a while. And you know, covers are starting to go a bit dry. So, yeah, I've run out of beers. Sweet. So well, enjoy, mate. Cherry liqueur come out the cupboard. <laughs> Quality. All, All right, right. Well, uh, <laughs> chat to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.